Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, we're so excited to be back. Um, It's a new year. It's been a minute. It has been just a little minute. We've all been in some sort of la-la land a little bit, right? Yeah. That's the goal during the holidays is you just stop the routine. (laughs) You just stop being a robot. And you spend more time in your pajamas or yes, playing with I your did. family and your kids. And it's good stuff. But we're really excited to be back. Um, I think everybody's hoping this will be a better year, right? I, Do you think there's anyone? I don't think anybody wants to redo last year. Yeah. I, Maybe. I think everyone's affected differently. Obviously, there's parts of the country and the world that are affected much more than maybe others. But I just think overall, even those that weren't inf- in affected as much as others, they just had to hear so much negativity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so, trying to go back to like 1995. Oh, that oh, was a those good are the year. good days. It was. Yeah. But some of us wonder if this is the new norm or if it ever will return to normal. So yeah. we're going to do our best in our life and hopefully you are as well to make things better. That's right. But we are back. This is actually season two, episode 29. Yep. And uh, we're just really excited for a few things we have in store this year. Um, We want to dissect a few things to help you and also bring on some special guests that are going to enlighten you as well. Yeah. And guys, just like as a reminder of why we're here, why we're doing this, it's really to help more people understand addiction. It's, It's why we started our company. We're not rehab facility trying to get you to come to our facility to fix your person. It's really to help all of these families who are just in the wilderness of addiction to understand the problem differently than they've ever been able to do before and to to be able to approach it differently. And honestly, between Danny and I and our life experiences, we talk about real stuff here. And we will continue to do that about parenting, about fearless parenting, about all that families face right now, which is a lot. And we are going to try and be as helpful and informative as possible every episode. And I think you ask where, where, where's the value, right? Like your time is valuable. So listening to our voices, where's the value in that? I would like to answer that by telling you it's through our life experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Both of us have education. Both of us were educated it was a big thing in our families. We, were, we went to college and we educated ourselves when needed, had qualifications and certifications done. But most importantly, it was from life experiences. Hard knocks. Hard knocks. Just to recap a little bit about myself, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm 14 and a half years. He has very nice legs. This, li- this May will be 15 years into recovery. 100% alcohol and drug free. There were a lot of learning lessons along the way. There were a lot of difficulties along the way. In the beginning, obviously, I relied on help from others. Yep. I relied on help from many people. It was a group it was an, effort. It was an incredible effort, not only from family, but professionals and in, in, in every aspect. And I, I won't bore you with all the details of that, but I went through it and I became passionate. And like many people in recovery, all of a sudden, when the impossible becomes possible, they want to share it with others. That's right. So I did all the time. I always offered my my time and any insight I could with people and realized how big of a need there was. Well, 
I also had to put the pieces of life back together and provide for a family that I wanted to have. We spent the first decade, maybe a little more than a decade, owning and operating some restaurants. It was a good chance for us to get back on our feet financially. There are a lot of lessons learned. I actually worked harder doing that than I've ever done anything in my life. But years ago, we got out of that business, went and got licensed and certified as an interventionist, and we decided to put together Living Proof. That's right. And real quick, in a nutshell, when we decided to do this, we took just a moment and said, how are we going to have an impact? And I want, I really want this to be understood. We looked at the problem and decided there was, there was so many different issues when it comes to addiction and how it's destroying so many of our communities and families. But our goal was to help educate families on how to do this. I know from personal experience, having gone through the hell that I did, what makes it possible for people are those who have a support group to help them. Plain and simple. So I've done many interventions. And if any of you have ever seen the show Intervention on A&E, it's one of the longest standing daytime drama television shows in the world. It is. It's good daytime it's drama crazy. television. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's exciting. It's really fascinating to watch. But what I learned is it was this heroic effort, right, to convince someone to go and get help. And yes, the family would rally around to do it. But it was this big, huge push to go get help. And then yeah, it was it. People would send them somewhere in hopes that they got fixed. There was just, there were so many missing parts to it. So rather than focusing on that one moment, we decided how can we educate families to do this on their own? Right. That's that. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper, but I also wanted to share with everybody that we had as, as a couple and as a family, what we consider to be our best holiday season ever, right? Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. It, it was so magical and I only share that because for those of you out there who have a loved one, maybe it's your spouse or one of your children or your parents, both of us endured difficult holiday seasons. Yeah, there were a lot of holidays where I um, didn't want to exist, actually. Yeah. And a lot of these happened before we even met each other, mm -hmm. right? And then when we did meet each other in the early years and I'm trying, we're trying to build life, there were, ones, there were years where it, it was difficult. Yeah, it was not fun. So... I just, I just really wanted to share that because I think there are some of us who probably just experienced a difficult time of year. Yeah, who, who just endured the holidays. Yeah, and as cliche as it sounds, man, the feeling we had this year was just so incredible. And I think a lot of that came because, unfortunately, we experienced the opposite. Yep. I want to share something with everybody right now. A little pre-intro. I'm going to give you a little beatbox. <laughs> Hopefully that got your attention. If you were dazing off, you're back in tune with us. But la uh, let's see. This was two weeks ago. ABC News. I hope some of you heard it, but my gut tells me most people didn't. You think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. Why didn't they hear it? It's not a major news topic. Everybody well, wants to talk about COVID, not, yeah. not this. The media is flooded, right? Everything. The news is just flooded with certain things. They just, I mean, and yes, it is news. It's, it's important, but there's so many other things forgotten. I want to share with everybody an article that came out from ABC two weeks ago. And if you haven't heard it, please pay close attention. The title to the article says fentanyl. Number one cause of death for adults between the ages of 18 and 45, government study proves. 
Fentanyl overdoses in the U.S. are now considered the number one cause of death for adults between the ages of 18 and 45 years old. The synthetic and highly addictive drug has claimed more lives than COVID-19, auto crashes, gun violence, cancer, and suicide in the year 2020. It's kicking explicit ASS and taking names. It's what it's doing. It has been so it's not surprising at all, said this one doctor in the article. Who knows it's like being entrenched in the deep, dark depths of addiction. I just think that's... We're going to link that, by the way. If you want to read the article, it'll be in the show notes so you can see it for yourself. It talks about different treatment centers, like highly known treatment centers where 90% of the people walking in the doors are those affected by that. But here's one thing I think people don't understand when they read that article. First of all, that's alarming. Of all the things we're worried about, right? Heart disease, car accidents, COVID. The things that we see and hear about all the time. Suicide, cancer. Are not, none of them are the number one reason. Yep. Of death for adults between the ages of 18, 45. And here's the crazy part. They are talking, people misunderstand this article. They're talking about one specific thing. Yeah, just one drug. One drug overdosing from that one drug. There are so many other related deaths that come because of that drug and all the other drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Right. There's murder over drugs and alcohol. There's accidents caused by people under the influence. Yep. Wow. I mean, every time I read that, it just shocks me. So yeah, we will link that. Yep. But why is that important? Because it affects every human being. It's the number one reason. And we're just talking about deaths. The majority of the people that don't die from this, their lives are destroyed in a sense anyway. Yep. As well as everyone else around them. We're just talking about the people who die, not the people who are addicted, hooked on, or lives are being controlled by these things. Yep. Just the ones that die. So beneath that tragic percentage of people who die is an alarming amount of people suffering. The recent studies also show Cause they're always about two or three years behind anything that has to do with mental health is always like two or three years behind. So we all know in the last two years, things are accelerating, but recent statistics show that in recovery, the number of people who actually recover, recover from these terrible addictions is 7%. Danny had a gift given to him for Christmas that somebody custom made a t-shirt that says 7% on it for him as a gift from one of the mothers who he helped this year. Yeah. I was helping her son and her and it was really cool. It was really, really cool. But that, that is a completely shocking number. And I just, I think we should just really dive into why that is. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a defeating number, right? Like if you, if you love someone who's had a 7% chance to live, if you were diagnosed with something, that's terrible. It's terrible. That is a gut punch. Yeah. You're, you're, you're feeling really discouraged walking into that situation. So the majority of people in the midst of addiction, they, the reason they fail, let's just say out of a million people throughout the United States of America that have life altering addictions, they fail because they have no resources or support. Yeah. No parents, no, maybe, maybe their mom's an alcoholic. They don't know where their father is or it's an abusive home or no resources, no resources financial ruin. They have no one to help them. Yeah. They have almost no chance. Yep. That's the truth. 
drugs and alcohol lead are the number one cause to the problems we have in our country with homelessness, with crime, with how many people are incarcerated. They're all substance abuse related, alcohol related. Those people are put into these systems that are really set up to make you fail. It's impossible. You're just in this revolving door. We've all heard that term. So they don't have resources. They don't have a support group. They have no one left to help them. They're stuck in these systems that keep them stuck for life. Caged. Yeah. Caged. My firm belief, and I'm not claiming it's only, but I feel like the people who have the best chance of overcoming an addiction are those who have a family who can help them. Yep. I know from my personal experience, that was the only way. Now, without my family, did I have times? Did I have times where I desired to get better and to get healthy? Of course. But that desire only lasts so long. That determination only lasts so long when all of a sudden you hit these major roadblocks of the impossible, right? Yeah, and just the discouragement, right? Yeah. The reality of your situation and what you got yourself into piled up yep. to where you would never be able to unbury yourself without actual help from other people. So let's talk about that group of people. Those families out there who have a son or daughter or a spouse addicted to drugs or alcohol, pornography, whatever it is, why do they fail? Why are they so inefficient at getting help for their loved one? Because they don't understand addiction. It's it's not for lack of effort. Yeah. No, it's never like love. It's never, it's never any of that. It's just literal. I don't know how to do this. It would be like me trying to change my well, car no. battery like I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> just some ugly. things you don't know and you can't Google, you can't YouTube a video on like how to fix my loved one addicted to drugs. Well, you probably could, but it would be, be interesting good. what yeah. you find. I wonder what you'd find. You know, there are a lot of reasons that hold family stuck. And we've covered those before. I think yep. last week or two, we've covered a few. You know, and just to recap, there there are certain things that hinder every family, every spouse, every parent, every sibling. There's things like stigma. Ooh, not us. Yeah. Not the Johnsons. Not like those other people. There's blame, right? They blame it on circumstance or things that happen, experiences in their life. They hope. I mean, in faith-based communities, that's one of the biggest holdups. We hope. Oh, yeah. Hope. We believe that things will magically change. And then there's denial. There's several of them. But my wife hit it right on the head. The number one reason why families fail, right? If you are one of the few people who have a family around you, why are they failing? It's because they just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I really want to share this with you. I was working with a family and I got off the call and I just started screaming. And it was like all the feels. I, yeah, it, it was crazy. I was, I was sad. I was excited. I was happy. I was grateful. I was honored. It was just this mix of emotion. Why? Because I'm looking at this screen and to be more efficient, we just did a Zoom call. I always love to meet in person, but we did a Zoom call because everyone's in different places and there were people at their, off, at their desk at work. Mm-hmm. There were other people who were in their car driving. There were other people sitting in their office at home or wherever they were. And I was looking at all of these squares on the computer of the most beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Such the most incredible family, educated, successful people. And as we talked about some of these points, these commonalities in all addictions, it was this. And during that conversation, there was just such an enlightening experience for every individual on the call. Because for the first time, maybe ever, they started to understand it differently. Mm -hmm. 
all of them were having different effects of this. They were having different responses to it. The way they were handling it was different. Their frustrations were different. But for the very first time, as we had this conversation and things were explained, they could all see it differently. It was awesome because I'm talking to a family who each one of them are probably more successful than I'll ever be, probably educated even more. But when it comes to this one specific topic, they were clueless like anyone would be. Yeah, and it was really interesting because I was actually overhearing the conversation a little bit and I stopped in my tracks and sat down with a notebook because I I had to like write down what I was hearing and and just kind of the the experience of it all and it was really beautiful because as we were kind of concepting out what we wanted to do with our with our company a few years ago I think originally in my mind I was like it's almost like addiction for dummies you know yeah, like those 101. books like <laughs> addiction for dummies but I'm like that is literally the opposite of what this is it is addiction for brilliant compassionate faithful loving families that's who this is for and that's what it is because that is who we are helping it's people with this deep desire with everything in line that would tell you they they would know how to handle this situation but unfortunately addiction does not play by any set of rules so that's why every family just goes crashing into the same brick wall and it was beautiful to actually overhear danny talking to all these different family members from their very different perspectives and takes on the situation but they had all watched the courses separately and so they were all able to, in the same moment, put down their own opinions and just say, this is what it is. We know this. We want, we want to take these steps forward together. How do we best take these next steps? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so rad because they were able to understand it so quickly because of the way we've lined it out in the courses, but also because they did it together. Yeah, and for the first time, it was a group effort. they stopped arguing about how to approach it. Yeah, right? it they, was just like, this is how we approach they it. They had all created such unhealthy, just like every single family, unhealthy habits of how they're coping with this. Yep. And they finally, for the first time, came to a neutral playing field yeah. and attacked it together. And that's where the magic happens. Yep. And, and I just want to come out and say right away, that is where we offer, <laughs> I don't know, if there's any sort of guarantee in this process, that's the one guarantee. Now, is your loved one going to get help? Are they going to get healthy? That's not a guarantee. Are they going to die from this? There's a possibility. Statistics show that. But the one guarantee is that the family for the first time will approach this together. The insanity will stop. They'll unify the family and we're going to give it one hell of a crack. We're going to crack it. This is the hardest we can make sure that no matter what happens, we know as a family, we came together in a collective way and did the best thing we could do to help them instead of all running around with chick- like chickens with our heads cut off. Right. So that leads into two things real quick. We just wanted to share two of the main reasons people fail in recovery. There are many, but here are the, the first two. Number one, they fail to attempt. They never actually attempt yep. to get help. Number two is relapse. 
Well, and just to talk about number one, the reason why they don't is because they don't have any agency anymore. Yeah. They have no agency. So their ability to do that on their own is, is zero. It's never going to happen. And what were you saying about number two? Well, number two is, is relapse. But if you break those down, I did want to break both of them down. Yeah. Number one, yes, they've lost their agency. So they're never going to put together a plan to help themselves. Mm-hmm. They're never going to grab you and say, hey, I don't know if you've noticed, but my life's become unmanageable and I really could use some help. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. The other thing is, is families stay stuck because the stigma or the shame of them getting help. We have a loved one in our home with this serious problem. They, they let some people know, but again, it's scary as a family to move forward. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that even reflects in like our Instagram following, right? Where we have a lot of people that tune in and, and view our stories and look at our posts, but they don't want to follow us because, oh my gosh, what if somebody noticed that I was following That means you are suffering program? from addiction. Yeah. yeah. What if so, that means somebody in my family has a problem? right? It is. And I just think a lot of people just misunderstand it, right? Families look at it and they just don't understand like, knock it off. Come on, get their act together. When's this going to stop? There's just so many reasons. Yeah. Right. Like the addicts literally in, in, in Disneyland, La La Land, they are in this euphoric place. (laughs) It's hard to understand until you're, you've ever experienced it. So they're cuckoo. Yeah. And then the family's watching cuckoo going, when are you going to just straighten up? Yeah. So they fail to attempt then there are those who make a heroic effort and they attempt to recover. Maybe they have a moment where they they can see clearly that the person suffering finally gains some hope. Yeah. Right. Get some traction. Go to treatment. They get some treatment. The family's like, <sighs> a yeah. sigh of relief. And then when relapse happens, which happens to a lot of people. Now, that's an interesting topic. And we're not going to get into it now, but relapse can be a mental relapse or an actual yeah, relapse. relapse. Either way. When it happens, because it will happen, are you prepared with the tools of how to handle that? Right. Is it a moment? Is it a bad moment? Did you have a bad night and immediately get back on track? Right. Or did a bad moment snowball into a bigger problem because the family panics or they get angry, they throw their hands up, the person suffering just feels like they failed? Well, and that really ties into like our thought about having convictions, right? Yeah. And that is, I feel really, really strongly about the fact that families run high in emotions, obviously. Love makes that happen. But when people are in recovery or when, you know, you're facing, looking at recovering, emotions are so high. And if you went with what your emotions are telling you, you will fail. Yeah. Definitely at times you you will. Yeah. And so that's why having convictions surrounding this entire process is the only way you will have success. Yeah. Both the addict, eventually, not at first, and the family. Correct. So the family members, most of them have these convictions, whether they're spiritual ones. Yeah. Whether there's convictions you have at work the way. Yeah. The way this should be the way you act and operate, right? You have convictions that you live by at work. Maybe you have convictions with the way you exercise. Maybe you have convictions about how you believe. Yeah. You live by them. Yep. So yes, you follow your heart. You do things by listening to your heart, but you don't waver because of these convictions you have. Right. Standards might be another word. But the interesting thing is that when it comes to addiction, that just 
melts. It melts. Well, when they leave treatment or if they begin the process, they have them for a moment. Yeah. But they're they're really distorted. They're a little bit foggy. Yeah. Because they are quite literally learning to walk again. Right. So the other part that's really hard is they can have all the will, all the desire, all the hope to change. And they can set these convictions based upon recovery principles. This is what I'm going to do. And those are immediately met with opposition, just like all of us. We have days and yeah. troubles and things that come in our life that derail us. Well, when it comes to addiction, that person can so quickly and easily be derailed. Right. Because they have not developed the ability to stand by those convictions. Right. So what does that mean? How do we help them with that? This is another aspect that family needs families need help with. Right. Is how do you re- create this agreement, right? Some people call it a contract. Some people call it an agreement. It is a defined contractual agreement of sorts that helps the person in their recovery. What does right. it look like? These are our non-negotiables and we are going to make sure that all these things are done. Right. By doing so, we're going to help you with this, this, and this to make the impossible possible. So it's putting together a recovery agreement with your loved one of ways you can support them, but also things that you are not going to tolerate or allow. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it's so, so critical for both the addicts and the families that love them to understand that concept because both will have to stop defaulting to an emotional response and really decide what are my convictions about this and what what am I going to go to when my brain is telling me. I need to just do this one thing that I'm used to doing. How am I going to stand on my own two feet and decide something different and, yep. and continue to choose it? And I'm going to give you guys the honest truth. Working closely with a lot of different treatment centers, they are limited in the time that they have to help someone. Things have changed. There is insurance now that helps people cover the cost of treatment. But when someone goes to treatment, that facility is limited, usually with 30 days of intensive help. And they work specifically with with the person suffering. But the family doesn't receive any help and support, any insight. And that's not because of the lack of desire from the treatment center. It's just literally they're overwhelmed. They have a constant flow of clients. They're trying to do what they can, the best they can with the short time they have them. And opening that can of worms with the family, they just don't have the resources and time to do that and help the loved one. Right. So the family needs to understand how they can help support them. And that's not being offered. That's not given when your loved one goes to treatment. Right. That's something I, I'm passionate about helping families is, hey, if your loved one does get a shot, if they get a leg to stand on, how do we help support them? Right. How do we help create those convictions for them to stand by? Understanding these convictions will not only help them, but it will help you because the process is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone is now going to enter life without the only things that gave them comfort. Just like taking a blankie away from a child and they throw a tantrum because holding that blankie and dragging it around the house brings them comfort. Your loved one, whatever it was they were using to cope with life and feelings is gone. It is going to be difficult. Several times throughout the holiday, I had someone reach out to me, spouses or parents telling me about their loved one who is three months, four months, six months into recovery, still struggling, having difficulties having relapses, whether they're emotional ones or actual physical relapses. And it's always this question. How do I know if I'm helping them or hurting them? How do I know if I'm supporting them or enabling them? My answer to that is simply this. If you have an agreement made with your loved one, which are the things that they are required to do and how you're going to support them, that will be 
that will be the roadmap. Now, if there's a mess or a bump on the, along the road, the key is, are they progressing? Because I think to answer this question for any person out there who loves someone and, and it's been a rocky road if they're trying to recover, if you look at them 30 days ago, three months ago, six months ago, are they better now? Have they grown? Yeah. That's your biggest indicator because if they are still active in their addiction, that's impossible. Right. Do they still have behaviors that are frustrating and, and maybe even a little bit toxic or you don't understand them? Yes. Yeah. But overall, yeah. are they making progress? Yeah. So what happens is all of a sudden this loved one will be doing great and then all of a sudden they'll have a bad attitude or one day they'll be sleeping in longer than they're supposed to or acting funny or going in the bathroom longer than And that makes you is. pull the freaking fire alarm. Oh my gosh. They're just like, ah, look, it's all over. They're back. They're, they're, they're doing, they're using again. Yeah. Everything's the same. I'm. They have unhealthy habits that have probably continued, but you stand by your convictions because there are certain things that th that person's going to be required to do. Maybe they're acting crazy. Maybe part of their agreement is that they're drug tested a few times a week. So you can just rely on the facts, the data, mm -hmm. but there's also understanding that they will make a mistake. Yep. So every time, you know, someone reaches out and says, gosh, it's just been a long road. And I have so many clients who their spouse on the other end is just kind of getting frustrated. I stumbled through the first few years of my recovery. It yeah. was extremely hard for you. Yep. I, I was just going to say, I feel for any of you out there that, that are in a relationship with somebody in recovery or, you know, just love somebody in recovery because it is, it, it is like a faith <laughs> challenge right you want to believe and hope that they're changing you but their journey is very different than yours and it's difficult to remain patient and it it's almost like you you want them to be able to leap staircases and get to where where you're at emotionally and i'm just here to tell you that that is impossible no one jumps staircases and stays healthy it is one step at a time it is a long journey that is okay that that's okay and i want to kind of put a little bit of perspective into that because what i was thinking about this in in terms of like when god created actual earth out of nothingness out of complete chaos actually he did it one step at a time one day at a time but here's the kicker after every single day, he said it was good. He was satisfied with it. Was it the finished product? Nope. But he was okay with it. And I think that's our example in this, in, in recovery, is being okay with that one step at a time. It is slow. It will take time. It will take patience. But we need to be able to sit in that and be okay with that as someone that loves them with these parameters of they are making progress, right? That, they're, that's they're trying. The that's that the is key. the key. Can you look at it and say they are doing better? First couple of years with Danny were trauma filled for me. And I know he doesn't like hearing that, but it's true because there were, were really hard behaviors that were still there. But was he making progress? Yes. Yeah, and the effort was there. And the effort was there. So I want to read something that I came across on Instagram, and it's actually an account that I love called Mustang Medicine. You should check it out. But he posted this, and 
it's from it's a quote from young pueblo and it says they asked her what qualities should your partner have and she answered above all the willingness to grow and enough self-awareness so that they can truly love you well if they are emotionally prepared for a real connection and ready for the deep healing that will bring you closer together over time it will be easier to build a nourishing and vibrant home mature love is a commitment to supporting each other's happiness and when I read that I was like oh my gosh that's like my relationship with my husband which is amazing because if you would have asked me that 13 years ago when we were first married I would have been like he's a train wreck I don't know I don't know what's going on (laughs) but he was taking these steps one at a time and there was progress it's slow but there's progress and you have to support each other through that and I think every time I get asked that question by individuals I allow myself to contemplate that time in our life because I know it was difficult for you I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to admit it even now but I do know it was difficult if you find yourself in this situation and you're questioning and wondering the key is always remembering are they progressing because if you want to understand, okay, everyone says, oh, I've seen some red flags. I've seen some red flags, yeah, those behaviors. Yeah. I, your best indicator is understanding and looking at the situation, knowing that if they are stagnant or they are continually going backwards, that is an indication that there's a problem again. Mm-hmm. If they are growing, maturing, taking four steps forward, and then all of a sudden one big step back, but immediately four or five steps forward again, that's the growth process. Yep. That's what gives that you the courage to stay. To grow. Yeah, that's what gives you the courage to stay. There's a lot of information shared in here. I think really what to sum it up is all of these situations that I went through individually. My wife had her own experiences. She went individually. It required us getting help, reaching out and getting help. Yeah. Outside of our family circle, mm-hmm. outside of our religious circle, we had to find people who could help us navigate through that. That's why we're here and that's what we want to do. Whether you're someone who's failed to ever even attempt getting your loved one help, reach out. We want to help you with that obstacle. Or if you're someone who's already been to rehab three or four times and you keep failing, reach out. Yeah. So we can help you approach this differently. That's our hope. That's our desire is to help other people find their way out of the darkness. And we're just honored to be able to do that with some of you. So Thank you to you and all those that are listening. And it's the beginning of a new year. So commit to sharing this podcast with somebody else. We all need to be better at at sharing that middle earth that we get stuck in. And it helps us so much when you share our message with others. And head to our website too. Make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. We will keep you updated. We're doing a lot of new things this year. We're going to have some workshops and lots of speaking opportunities where you could come and meet us and and get more involved. So make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. And again, just share the podcast. Love you guys. Have a great week.